The Cannabis Conversation. A European perspective on the emerging legal cannabis industry. Welcome to the Cannabis Conversation with Anoush Desai, where we explore the new legal cannabis industry by speaking to the professionals they're helping to shape it. Welcome back. Hope you're all well. Another quick one from me as I'm still wrestling with crocodiles and kangaroos down under. As ever, the show is sponsored by our lovely friends at Lumino. Today we're talking about a very important cannabis patient story. Cannabis patients are at the heart of what Lumino do. They've worked with a number of clinics across Europe. have also helped a lot of patients get jobs within the industry too. So as always, if you need help with HR or recruitment, please do get in touch with them at luminorecruit.com and please do mention my name when you do. Now, on with the show. Enjoy. On today's show, we have Mike Roberts. Mike is a medical cannabis patient and Mike has just become the first patient to successfully secure NHS reimbursement for prescribed cannabis flowers. Mike, welcome. How are you? Hello, Anish. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm exhausted. I've just done three months of chemo. Two weeks of that was radiotherapy and just finished that on Friday. So knackered. But brought to you today by the power of Ghost Train Haze, which is <laughs> one of my medicines that I that I take and, and very grateful for the NHS for funding that. Yes, it's, it's an amazing story and thank you for sharing it. And it's great to kind of be able to talk about this. And, it, and it's great that you're able to kind of hit chat with me today um, and we'll kind of discuss a bit about all of the things around it but it'd probably be good to sort of get a bit of the background of how you kind of led to achieving this milestone and, and, and it's a great milestone for a number of medical cannabis patients and gives us gives a lot of hope to people who are in similar pain so maybe we'll start a bit about your background and the cancer and what were the sort of conventional medications you were taking before and, and kind of what led you to cannabis so in june 2021 I was diagnosed with bowel cancer and found out that it had spread to my lungs. So it was then a case of having like three years to live. So I'm possibly in my last year now. So when you got diagnosed, I assume that you kind of went down the conventional route of, of treatment through the NHS. Yeah. So once I got diagnosed, very quickly started some chemotherapy, then had a, an operation to remove the main tumour. And then currently trying to subdue the lung metastases with chemo and radiotherapy. And all of that takes its toll on your body and makes you sick, gives you fatigue. Somebody tells you you're going to die pretty soon. It affects your mental health. So yeah, altogether, it's not, not been a, not been a great time since June 2021. Yeah. I can imagine. I guess before we sort of start talking about how cannabis kind of got introduced. Were you taking kind of pharmaceutical meds to deal with the side effects of the radiotherapy and the, the chemotherapy? So for the chemotherapy, I, I've only just started some radiotherapy. I had it about four weeks ago. But now the chemotherapy is what I've had more experience of. Some of the medicines that they give you for the sickness, which you're likely to, to experience, metoclopramide and... I find that that helpful, but it's not sufficient to completely wipe it out. It's, uh, I still feel nauseous. I'm, I'm sick most days, 
uh, feel nauseous every day. And this, yeah, the, the chemo, when you're having the chemo, it makes you feel sick, but also for the weeks after it, in the months that you're, you know, you're off in between, you're still feeling sick. So, yeah, I tried that. I tried metoclopramide. I then tried on Danzatron. So you're taking these kind of conventional pharmaceuticals and what led you to sort of, because it sounds like it wasn't completely doing what it what yeah, you needed yeah. it to. So how, how did that lead you to cannabis? Well, the, the drugs that were offered to me by my, my oncologist to help with the nausea and vomiting were metoclopramide, um, tried ondansetron, apreptant, levomepromazine, and interestingly, nabalone was the final one that I tried. All the way through this, I have to say that I've been using cannabis for helping with the chemo-induced nausea and vomiting, plus helps with the fatigue and the anxiety, depression, appetite loss, things like that. It's all, all really, really helpful for, for my condition. So I was already using cannabis before I'd got diagnosed with cancer. I found that really good for my mental health. I suffer with anxiety and depression. And I find that cannabis helps me a lot with that. However, when it came to my first dose of chemotherapy, I told my oncologist that I use cannabis for anxiety and depression. And he said, right, well, don't use it. Well, you try the first dose so that we get a baseline. So I trust his judgment and not being very experienced in the whole medical scene. I went along with it and stopped. I had an awful time. I had terrible nausea and vomiting complete fatigue just oh, it's awful and other times when i've been taking cannabis i haven't felt fatigue or nausea or vomiting and so it was a bad decision i think not to use cannabis to start with because i think one of the things that i, I would like to share is that it should be more of a first line treatment it should be you know oh, you're going to be experiencing nausea and vomiting. There are these legal clinics available since 2018 that you can get paid. You have to pay for it yourself, but you can get prescribed legally some cannabis in the UK. So maybe you'd want to try that rather than having this drug that completely wipes you out. I took one of them, labromepromazine, and I think it's an antipsychotic, which was prescribed for my nausea and vomiting but i took it and then i was out for the counter it was for hours after that it's not something you can function on whereas with that if you choose the right strain of cannabis that works for you during the daytime then you can be alert and fully functioning but not with not with i didn't find with that drug so ran off for a tangent there no 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 it's great and what's interesting is so your physician wasn't anti it but he wanted to or he or she wanted to establish a kind of baseline to sort of see the effects yeah so my oncologist suggested not take i think it was basically i had metoclopramide so you, you're allowed the weakest form of anti-sickness drug and he advised to stop my cannabis use so i was left yeah bare really to fight nausea and vomiting and it was awful and that after that we've yeah it's like the, you don't want to find a baseline is it gonna is it worth spending a few quid on you for some pills that might make you feel better. You know, yeah, it is. And give me the strong stuff as well. You know, don't, don't, you know, if it doesn't work, I need something to fall back on. Because I've been in that situation where you, you don't feel, where in a situation where you're not prescribed strong enough 
anti-sickness and then you've got to try and find some or, or your partner does while you're puking up and can't concentrate on anything. It, you want to have something in reserve to to use but yeah the system is that you have you know the least impact first of all and then they build it up from there so your first chemo is awful yeah i can imagine and what format were you taking the cannabis in when you did sort of get back on when i started i was smoking it in joints i'd mix it with tobacco and smoke it i also had a vaporizer i'd had a vaporizer for about a year before i had a before i found out i got cancer so I, i was kind of moving away from smoking but yeah at the start that's how i consumed it was um was mostly by smoking yeah and then during this process of you know post chemo were you continue to smoke or were you using vapes or did they even suggest using oils or alternative sort of routes yeah i've i have used oils and i've i do vape it now i solely vape now as use so much less and with were oils not as effective as I find the oils uh, have a very delayed onset. So if you want to cure whatever you're experiencing at the time, then you can't because it's going to be all right in about four hours' time. But for now, it's not. So that's why vaping is good because it, it's immediate. Or within 15 minutes, you're going to be feeling bad. And so do more than just kind of cure the, the nausea? Did it stimulate appetite to all these other things that, that people talk about? Yeah, exactly. So cannabis is pretty famous for giving you the munchies, isn't it? So it was one of the side effects of of using cannabis for the chemo-induced nausea and vomiting. One of the side effects was increasing my appetite. I've lost lots of weight since having cancer and operations and chemo, meaning that you don't eat enough. So it's really important to try and keep your weight on as much as possible. So one of the, all of the side effects of cannabis are positive for me. <laughs> yeah. It might make you feel sleepy during the daytime, but that's because you're using the wrong one. If you choose the right strain, then it's not going to make you feel sleepy during the daytime. Well, that was my next question. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you experimented with different strains to find out the right one for you? Yeah. So over the last year, I tried about 24, 25 different strains. I've got two of them that work really well now for chemo-induced nausea and vomiting that are also good for during the daytime. So just the experimentation of the strains to find the right ones for you. You said you went through about 24 and did you kind of keep notes? Did you make a little spreadsheet or? Yeah, yeah. I kept notes on all of the effects that I was having from each of the the different strains. So I'd I'd keep a note of of how it was affected. Yeah, take us through the process of figuring out which ones work for you best. So during the last year since I've been a medicinal cannabis patient, I've had access to lots of different strains. Some of them will be good for the daytime, some are good for the evening. Very much depends on your own body and how it responds to the uh, to the strains. But after experimentation with about 24 different strains, I've come to settle on you know three or four strains that, that I know are good for the daytime that can keep me alert and focused and but also get rid of the symptoms that I'm trying to treat. And then other ones for the evening where I don't want to be stimulated. I want to be sleepy, but I still don't want to be feeling nauseous. So I need a different strain for the, for the evening. So it's been a bit of trial and error, but I've, I've got, uh, yeah, I've got kind of three or four different strains that I know are going to be, going to be good for me. That's good. Okay. So that's great. So you fill out what works for you. Now maybe we'll get onto a bit of the process of 
how you kind of secured this NHS reimbursement. So I assume that you were getting prescribed the medical cannabis through a private clinic initially. Yeah. So when I, about six months into my chemotherapy, I asked my oncologist if I could try Nabilone, which was, Nabilone is a synthetic THC molecule. So it's, it mimics the effect of THC because it's a similar shape. And this is available on the NHS once you've tried all of the other pharmaceuticals for nausea and vomiting, then you, you, you get to try Nabilone. So I said to my oncologist, please go try it. And he said, oh, I don't know, I've not really heard about this, never prescribed it before. And and he went away to he was at a conference with uh, 60 different oncologists. And he said to them at the end of the conference, I've just got a question about one of the patients that I've got. He's been using cannabis and finds it useful for the effects of the chemo, the side effects of the chemo. Has anybody here prescribed Nabilone to any of their patients? And none of them had. Out of a team of 60 oncologists, so this is over several hospitals, none of them had even prescribed it. So, so he said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable prescribing that for you. But one of the other people in the conference had said that one of their patients had gone on to get a prescription at Safa, which is one of the clinics that you can. So he said to me, you know, you might want to try getting medical cannabis through one of these clinics. So it was around about the same time that I was finding out about the, the legal availability of it in the UK. So I went off, did a bit of research, got in touch with Sapphire, and they took me on as a patient. So yeah, I, I was with Sapphire for a while, then I was with Integro for a little while because they didn't have the range at Sapphire that I liked that, because there, were, there was quite a big discussion on the medical forum on Reddit about uh, whether irradiation makes a difference to the terpenes and the terpenes make a difference to the way that, to, to the effects that you get. So I thought I'd try non-irradiated stuff. So yeah, I tried a different clinic and then I ended up at another clinic at Zarenia. So you're getting prescribed medical cannabis at Zarenia? So yeah, I started my medical cannabis journey in about March 2022, so about just over a year ago. And you speak to your doctor online, you do like a Zoom call with somebody, and then a week later, the DHL guy knocks on the door and goes, yeah. here's your medical cannabis. Well, he doesn't. Yeah. But here's a package for you. And and on the second time it was del- delivered, I said, hey, hey, come here, come here. Do you know what you're delivering? Uh, so I opened it in front of him and I showed him. I opened the packets and said, you know, it's, it's medical cannabis. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. But presumably you're paying for this, right? You're paying, like, as you would with private medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pay quite a lot of money for it, but it depends on what you can afford, really. And so what gave you the idea to sort of see if you could get this reimbursed by the NHS? Oh, because I wanted to make a point, really. It's, uh, I had an opportunity because there's only three ways that you can get, get free weed on the NHS. And, and I qualified for one of them. So you can either have epilepsy or multiple sclerosis, or the third one is chemo-induced nausea and vomiting. So I had an opportunity to try and get it on the NHS, which obviously gives it me for free, which is great, but I feel like I've got my foot in the door for everybody else. So I didn't just apply for the 
for the cannabis to treat the nausea and vomiting. It was also because it's a quality of life thing where I've got, I have to take these horrible treatments that make me really, really ill. And the symptoms can be really well controlled by using cannabis. So in order to function in society, never mind the nausea and vomiting, it's, it allows me to go to work. It's really interesting context there. So, you know, it's a, both the kind of acute medical side of things with the vomiting, but also the wider impact of just being able to kind of get up and being happy and, and being able to function and do what you would normally do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that's healing in itself. It gives you a purpose, doesn't it? If you can go to work and you can contribute something to society and get some praise for whatever you're doing, feel good about yourself, then I'm sure that's, Absolutely. that's healing. Better than being miserable sitting around watching Netflix at home. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. If you can be bothered, or staring at the wall if you can't. <laughs> yes. And so who did you have to convince, you know? I assume they reimbursed you for the money that you'd shelled out for the clinics. So the journey from first being becoming a medical patient to getting it free on the NHS was that about three months into being a patient, I then saw that I had the opportunity to apply f um, using an individual funding request to the NHS. So I got in touch with my GP and said that I'd like to apply for this. And she agreed, which was a, a major milestone because I know a lot of people have struggles with their GPs. Um, a lot of people are still stuck in the idea that cannabis is bad, cannabis is a crime, it's not a medicine. So, no, I'm not going to help you. But my doctor is different. Um, my GP was supportive and she wrote a, an individual funding request for me. So we put that, put that in in about July 2022. So about this time last year. And they, they came back about three or four months later and said, no, you can't have Sativex. And I said to my GP, that's not what I asked for. This is a spray that you can get. You spray it in your mouth. I think it's for um, people who've got multiple sclerosis. But not, not, it's not something that is, that is for, it wasn't what I'd asked for. So this started a conversation between me and the funding panel. We went backwards and forwards over the next three months or something until they, until they said, you have to try Nabilone. So the, that was the next stage was that they wouldn't fund my, because I said to them, it's not Sativex that I asked for. It's the green stuff. It's the flower. It's the smelly, stinky stuff you crumble up and, and vaporize. Yeah, it's not a clinical spray that nobody would ever know what it is. This is in your face. This is going to go your nose and stink, you know. This is the stuff that you buy from the street dealer. Or, you know, it's not a nice spray that you can prescribe and feel like it's removed from cannabis this is the actual stuff so anyway i went a bit far with telling them about how uh, you know what it is that i'm asking for and they said no 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 you can't have that but you can have nabilone so i said to my oncologist they've said please can i try nabilone so he ordered it in for my next chemo but before, i couldn't have they didn't agree first of all yeah yeah for the flower and how did the Navalone go when you tried it? Well, I, I stopped taking the cannabis, didn't have any that day, took the 
nabalone pills a couple of hours before my treatment and if you feel when you feel the sickness come out you've got this kind of his hairs all your hairs stand on end and you know your mouth starts watering and you think oh god here we go it's a horrible feeling i stepped outside from the from the oncology suite and sick all over the pavement horrible just waiting i was waiting by the car for ages because my family came to pick me up just being sick just got in the car sick out the window on the way home it was horrible horrible we got back on the drive being sick so my wife went in and got me my vape got me some of the 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 strain that i knew was working before for the for the nausea environment thing so gave me my vape had a i had a vape of it and Within five minutes, I was feeling wonderful. I then sat down to dinner with my family and, you know, having a conversation, eating food because I'd been vaping the cannabis. The cannabis works, Nabalone doesn't. That's what I found for me anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I've tried it. I've tried, I tried labromipromazine and I tried Nabalone and both of these things are, horrible for your body and i've put myself through it because i've got to go through these hoops in order to convince the individual funding request panel that that i can finally have this medicine that had been working since the start and then the you know cannabis works oh right try ondansetron well cannabis works no no try levomepromazone no cannabis works no try nabalone and then you get to the stage where you go nabalone didn't work cannabis works and they finally go okay so that's how it went so you you had to go through that process of trying the things that didn't work yeah exactly you have to go through the process of using one two three four five different antiemetics and then you can get to have the one that works for you that you said at the beginning yeah and so they finally then relented and have said okay and so are you still now getting prescribed through the private clinic but then just sending your bills to the NHS? Is that kind of how it works? No, I don't pay anything. I haven't paid anything since the... F- <laughs> they decided on the the 20th of April. Right. So it's, it's quite a significant date in the cannabis <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Because it's 420. It's the uh, the fourth month, 20th of the fourth month. Yeah. And it's International Cannabis Day. And on that day, the NHS made their decision to fund <laughs> flower. For the first time. Uh, I bet they didn't know it was uh, International Cannabis Day. I bet they didn't. I love that. That's <laughs> that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So since then, I've had three months worth of prescriptions and I've paid nothing. That's fantastic. That's great news. So I don't get reimbursed. The clinic gets reimbursed. The pharmacy gets reimbursed. That's brilliant. That's brilliant news. And uh, have you been obviously speaking to other patients and, you know, are there other people on this pathway as well to kind of do something similar to you well i'm very keen that somebody else tries if they're in the same position as me me but you shouldn't have to have terminal cancer to get cannabis on the nhs but at the moment chemo induced nausea and vomiting is only one of the ways that you you can get it i think the more people that get it that also put in their application that it treats different aspects of having cancer appetite loss and depression anxiety things like that it generally makes you feel better yeah well i mean there's a big thanks from everyone in that medical patient community for you know your persistence do you have any advice for patients that are looking for help as i think this is probably going to be the, the end of the interview 
shortly. Yeah, the advice I would give people if they're just starting out on the journey, if they've got cancer and they're about to start chemotherapy, it's a good time to join a cannabis clinic because then you've got some treatment that is very likely to work for you and you're going to need it because it's it's nasty having chemo. So I think they should advertise that in the oncology suite at the the hospital. They should have posters up for clinics saying, you know, you, you're going to feel awful on chemo and radiotherapy, actually. But I was talking to people in the in the waiting area ready for your radiotherapy and they're suffering appetite loss and things don't taste the same and sickness and fatigue. And I think, and this is pretty much the same as the symptoms that I'm able to get prescribed on the NHS for chemo, but if I should have it for radiotherapy. I think there's a lot more conditions that you can have it for. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, your story is sort of first in a stepping stone and hopefully it's keep creating a, a precedent that other people can follow because I'm sure there's many people that, that would be, you know, looking for this as well. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully some of the people that go and apply as well and then uh, shout about it because we need people to say they've done it. Otherwise, nobody knows. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Mike. It's been really, you know, illuminating. And thank you for being so candid and going through that process with us. It's brilliant what you've managed to achieve in terms of breaking some barriers for lots of people. I'm actually going to be involved with a patient conference towards the end of the year with drug science. And so it would be great if you're able to come and talk to some people, because I think it's a story that everyone would love to, to hear and find out more about. That'd be great. Great. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike. And um, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thank you, Anish. Lovely to meet you. Bye. Likewise. Cheers. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. Will help me spread the good word on how this amazing industry is developing. I'm a commercial lawyer and I work with a number of cannabis businesses in the UK. If you need help with commercial contracts, data protection, employment, corporate or other business legal needs, please do get in touch with me via LinkedIn or at anuj at canvas.global.